Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. We are booksmen. In a in a bad dystopian way, we are a booksman. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, Tim. This week, I'm in a bad dystopian way because uh, I've I've had a crick in my neck all oh, week. No, would you sleep yeah. wrong? Th- that's exactly it. Like it was that kind of <laughs> premium paywalled content, <laughs> baby. <laughs> you know what? It was that kind of thing where, like, literally, I woke up and I wasn't in pain yet, but. No one, like I woke up and saw the position I was in and went, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get in that position? I don't know. But like I woke up from like a very sound sleep in like a very weird, awkward position with my neck at a weird angle. And I was like, oh shit. I was definitely asleep like this for hours. I was like, all right, well, let's see what let's see what happens when I go to get up out of the bed. It was just (laughs) immense pain. Um, And that's uh, I think this is what they don't tell you about getting old. Well, I guess they do. It's not even so much that, like, I have more aches and pains and stuff. It's just that they last longer. And and this was a case of like me thinking I've I've been sleeping really well lately. I haven't and like I don't really I think like anyone I get occasional like neck and back problems. Right. You know, a- anyone that sits on their ass for a living doesn't do real work, you know, and sits in like weird positions. Um but I was still under the impression of like ah oh, this will like go away by this afternoon (laughs) and here i am day three of just like not being able to look up here's the thing here's what i think the good news is for you tom Mm -hmm. it's not it's not as one step closer i mean (laughs) probably more than one um (laughs) here's the good news tom soon you'll be at rest (laughs) no uh I think uh, there's a baseline of mm-hmm. physical activity that um, you and I, I think, it, like, especially in New York City, where, mm-hmm. like, um, in the times where we were leaving our houses, uh, yeah. leaving our apartments every day, you wind up just, like, walking a few miles a day. And that's, like, a good yeah. baseline of, like, making sure your body is just, like, in some sort of shape. Yeah. I think it's less about. I think it's a little bit about your aging because you are mm-hmm. you've gotten very old lately. <laughs> Just lately. <laughs> I mean, you passed a threshold. Uh, you're. <laughs> I'm still on my way up a hill. You're going down the other side. Um, but I think once you get back to uh, not being in one place all day every day, yeah, I think your your the cricks might uh might well, leave a little. I, yeah, I think I talked about, excuse me, about this on the on the show about how, uh, like, I had a physical recently, and they were like, "Ah, your blood pressure's a little high," mm-hmm. and they were talking, you know, and uh, and I had like a follow up visit after getting some blood work done, and they were like, "Your blood work's good, like your cholesterol, like the bad cholesterol's a little high." Um, but they were like, you know, tell me about how you eat. I'm like, I eat like pretty well nowadays. Like I'm, I'm pretty careful. And they're like, well, and like, what about fitness? And it's like, oh, I get up from bed and walk to a chair and then I'm in that chair all day. And then later I move to the couch and they were like, oh, that's it then. (laughs) That's, That's what the problem is. But let me tell you how I've been solving this problem, Tim playing this oculus quest that i got oh yeah you i think you told me about this last week yeah well and i and i don't know if i mentioned it last week but i figured out how i get some billy joel songs on there on beat saber so, on beat saber yeah and some foo fighter songs too nice what songs uh, you playing uh well i just played everlong which i didn't think would be that good but the um uh, like motions go along with the drum beat, uh, and you know that song has like a lot of drum fills and stuff. Do you do you uh, do the the consistent? <laughs> the 16th no, notes? no. Oh. 
No, because you're not emulating the drums. You're just like... I don't know but what that game is. I always thought that you were just playing along with the drums, and I was like, I'll be good at that game, but I'm afraid no. of going into virtual reality. Well, you're afraid because you think you'll never come back, which yeah, I've tried that's to explain. A, it's a natural fear, Tom. I think that there's been some documented cases of people going into virtual reality <laughs> and people never getting finding sucked their... into the headset physically, yeah. and mm-hmm. they don't. There's not even a body to bury. Right. Yeah. It'd be devastating um, for my family. <laughs> um well it depends like i mean this is like a hack you know you know about hacking right the um, I'm an, ftp's I'm, gopher i'm an original telnet hacker. yeah yeah so i hacked i hacked into this thing it was You're steve uh, wozniak i'm like the Waz over here tom yeah well hacking into this thing tim was a piece of cake um, <laughs> for a seasoned hacker such as yourself exactly it was uh nbd and uh that's how i i put on these other songs but like uh the people people online make yeah you, know, you understand it's like guitar hero or rock band right which is uh, why so, i thought it was just like playing the drums you can right. forgive me for thinking that I could, but I won't. No, Tim, until the day I die, I will not forgive you for thinking that. That won't be very very long, luckily for both of us. (laughs) Tim, honestly, you saying that you thought it was like playing the drums is maybe the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's Um, uncalled for, Tom. (laughs) But it depends on the person making the map, which is what they call, like, you know, the, uh, the things you have to hit. Yeah. And in this case, you're not emulating playing the drums, but this particular map, they made it on the, on, you know, the prominent drum hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And then what, we get, what Billy get, Joel song? Uh, we didn't start the fire. Ooh. And that's fun. And that's more of a, well, I guess you're like going along with the vocal melody, but the vocal melody kind of follows the, uh, the drum melody in no, the verses. It's mean like the, 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 the prominent hits. Gotcha. So it's like, that's like kind of what the drums are doing. But look, you're not going to want to play. You heard music before, Tom. You don't want to play We Didn't Start the Fire to the drums. You want to play it to BJ's vocals. Yeah, exactly. You want to get Harry Truman, Doris Day. Doris Day, yeah. And you want to slice things with the lightsaber. Yeah. To, yeah, Harry Truman, Doris Day. And that's the legacy. That's the legacy they'd like to be remembered for. Harry Truman would love to know that... His name is being used in a game where you're playing with virtual lightsabers cutting blocks to the beat. Tom, guess what? I don't give a shit about what Harry Truman's opinions are about Holy anything. Cow. Harry Truman can go screw. Yeah, you heard me. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh that's been my exercise and that's been my ailments for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope we'll get, something tells me we'll be getting updates on this probably for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, it'll get progressively longer and longer. <laughs> like right now it takes up the first 10 minutes of the show, but eventually it'll be like, well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks to our sponsors and uh, good night. Hey, Tom, we got great news. The CDC says we can uh, we can uh, ditch the masks. When are we gonna When are we gonna start? Uh, when are we gonna go to freaking Dave and Buster's? Uh, I don't know. So I made up the schedule for this book and mm-hmm. put it up because you know I I want uh, and you know I think this is a book a lot of people would uh, probably want to go back and read and might want to use this as an excuse to reread. Mm-hmm. So you but, put it up the day before the episode drops? Yeah. Well, I mean, I read the book the day the episode dropped, so <laughs> why should people be given more of a leg up than I was? 
I mean, in fairness to me, the the you're very lazy and always leave everything to <laughs> yeah. the last minute. <laughs> I wait till the last minute. Tom, remember when um, we started uh, building in a week between books so we could post the poll and get the yeah. result and mm-hmm. then post this with enough time? Yeah, we should have done that this time. Yeah, <laughs> we. <laughs> um. No, because the you know because that's the thing, Tim. That's the sword of Damocles hanging above our head. When are we going to go to Dave and Buster's? When are we going to get high? That that's why you didn't post the poll or the schedule. Yeah, because I did, I originally, honest, I swear to God, honest to God, like I thought originally, you're oh, we're going to get together this week. Oh shit! But last week, I, I, I will say, last week I knew we weren't going to get together, and I should have put the poll up sooner. I will give you that. Apology accepted. Uh, groveling, um, pathetic apologies <laughs> accepted. But uh, but yeah, I meant to put in the schedule. You know that uh, the schedule subject to change. Uh, you know we may uh, take a week off to. <laughs> To either get high on drugs or and or go to Dave and Bust. Tim, I think for the first time you're like really smoking weed in in a couple of decades. Probably shouldn't go to Dave and Buster's in Times Square. No, You'll we're not doing very, the same. I am yeah, very well, much that, good. That's what I'm saying. I think if we get way too overwhelmed. Yeah. No, the reason why I don't want to do it over this thing is... Yeah, you want me there to talk you down. Yeah. (laughs) Should we get like a big bong? No. (laughs) A six-foot bong that we have to get up on a ladder? I think if I take the tiniest little hit, Mm -hmm. that'll still be too much for me. Yeah, you'll think... uh, Pink there elephants. Bugs all over you, yeah. and you'll jump out the window. <laughs> it is weird. I mean, you know, we did that episode on legalization, but like, I mean, and you always smell a lot of weed around New York City, but I feel like since it was legalized, I just notice it like more blatant because why wouldn't it be blatant? Yeah. It's allowed, but it is just still a weird, uh, thing. you know, what's funny whenever I smell it on the street, especially now, I'm like. Hell yeah, you guys, you know, like, if I, I find the guy who's, who's, who's smoking near me and, like, give him a nod or just be like, that guy's cool. Mm. But if I ever see anybody smoking a cigarette on the street, I'm just like, <laughs> ugh, they ought to fucking out. This is disgusting. Get this. You get don't want to give people smoking cigarettes a nod of, like, cool. Real no. neat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cool. You're like Joe Camel. I did smell, like, in the... Ele- I forget if it was in the hallway or the elevator of my building the other day, like such a strong weed, but like fresh weed where I was like, oh, somebody's got a plant in this building. There's yeah. no way you got this much weed smell if you just got like a, you know, a baggie in your pocket or even like, you know, uh, a dealer coming in with, uh, with you know, uh, a briefcase of wares. It wouldn't smell this strong. Mm. So we'll see. Briefcase. I think that's what they do. That's why I saw on that show uh, uh, high high maintenance. Oh, does he? Have, I've, I only watched one episode of that show, and uh, it had uh, a sex scene so explicit that it made me uh, too uncomfortable. Uh, I only watched, I think, maybe the first two seasons, and I did like them, but I I don't know. I didn't I didn't watch more of it. It was good. It's like an anthology type show, mm-hmm. New York stories. Um, it's good. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I rode in an elevator with the guy from that show. Oh, I thought you were going to say I want to brag, but uh, I live in New York. Tom, mm-hmm. I do live in New York. <laughs> Whoa, cool. And guess what? I do want to brag about it. Tim, do you miss, uh, I posted this on Instagram the other day, uh, uh, 10 years since our first live show in London. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know. It, it, it's, it is crazy. It also reminded me that I got my passport <laughs> to go and do that. Oh, so you just, you have to get renewed. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, you know what I'm really bummed about? What's that? Is that like, 
last year when like everything was it was like ah it yeah. sucks that we're not gonna go to Ang- to London and do these yeah, shows yeah. and it's like oh well all right twenty twenty one will be our big return it's <laughs> right like, nope not even yeah yeah it's like nah things are too still too wacky that even by like September, October, like, you know, the shows that we have there are planned out way in advance, not way in advance, but like they're planned early in the year, way before now. So it's like, yeah, it's not going to happen now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can, we can, maybe we can go back to hen and chickens and I can uh, have all my stuff stolen again. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I'm sure if you showed up there now, they'd, it, it, they'd probably be like, all right, yeah, whatever you want to do. Hey, did any of you find my uh, laptop from 2011? <laughs> Maybe you find a more than 10 year old laptop. <laughs> I'd like it back, please. <laughs> Even though it's basically useless at this point. But yeah, sad that it's been, uh, you know, this will probably be two years without live shows. Maybe we'll be able to do a, a New York show this year at some point. Should we, though? We might be able to. But is it a good idea? Why? Why would it be a bad idea? What if... Because uh, of theft? Yeah. Um, what if people don't like it? We'll make them like it. We'll be like... People will like it, Tim, because nobody's been outside in a year and a half. That's the thing, Tom. That's what I... I've been talking about this all through the pandemic. It's like, mm-hmm. as soon as things start up again, we yeah. need to get out there. This is finally the <laughs> time that we do... We need to capitalize do... on low expectations. Exactly. Real low, ex- low expectations and um, people just dying to get out and just do anything. Yeah. So being... even, even if inevitably it's just like an awful boring show people will still just be so energized by being out of the house and being somewhere yeah i mean picture in in normal times right mm-hmm. there's a guy that likes a podcast and he asks a friend hey do you want to go i know you don't listen to this podcast but do you want to go to this podcast show with right me? which is very common for for us and a lot of other podcasts yeah. and i could see this friend being like hell no i'm not gonna go to this one but yeah i now, got other options thank you very much july 2021 you want to mm-hmm. come see this podcast show a show of course a podcast yeah. i've never heard of that sounds like uh sounds like a crackerjack night out <laughs> on the town well like uh uh we're going away what next month is it to to like uh me and you uh, no, well me you and some friends like oh, we're renting cabins yes. upstate Yes. And your wife planned it and and your your wife uh always takes the initiative in planning these things which is fantastic. And this was the Maybe first time Maybe she should post the uh, the polls from now on. <laughs> hey, if she wants to take it over, that would be Tim, that would be a real load off my back. Um but this was like the first time where I feel like she posted a poll of like, all right, what weekends is everybody available? And pretty much everybody was like, oh, I, I'm i open. I don't yeah. have anything planned yet, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Made, made, yeah. made things a lot easier. So along those lines, because nobody had anything to do. Yeah, we should be out there. This should be a live show right now. People would be screaming in delight. At this yeah. incredibly mediocre, boring discussion of my my back pain. Wait, you think <laughs> mediocre? This does not. Yeah, not this even. This does mediocre. not rise to mediocre. Yeah, that that's true. I was I was giving myself too much credit, but but people would love it. People would be cheering for it. They'd be mm. out of their seats, up on the chairs. Well, um, hey. When when should we start? When should we get out? I don't know. Next week, we'll just wherever we can. We'll we'll find a place. We'll do a live show. Is it still cheap to travel around the U.S. or have well like flights uh, gone up? Well, Biden said um, that he doesn't want anybody using gas anymore. So now gas no. is hard to find. Oh uh, yeah. Um. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't think so because I think a lot of people have started planning domestic travel this summer. Mm-hmm. Like, 
And people that usually go overseas for vacations are like, well, I'm not going to do that, but I, I want to go see, you know, another part of the U.S. So we shouldn't go on an impromptu tour. No, and I also think there's there's like a backlog of, uh, A, a bunch of venues went out of business, <laughs> and B, there's like a backlog of touring acts uh that that you know are are trying to get back in to play these venues this is why i'm i'm proposing we get in before all that because like (laughs) before it's completely safe exactly and so like Mm -hmm. we'll be like the like cdc says it's fine but like they're these bands have to be like oh we have to plan these routes CDC says it's fine, but don't let that fool you. We are still the most dangerous bad boys of uh, that podcasting's ever seen. <laughs> of course. All right, <laughs> let's talk about 1984. You did read the book. You did do the assigned reading, didn't you? <laughs> I did, Sam. Um, well, I didn't read the whole book. I read a quarter of the book. Uh, chapters one to seven of book one. Yes. Three books? Three books in one? Yeah. So honestly, you should read three books in a row after this because I all have read three books. Never read a book in my life and I'm not about to start. No, it's one of those confusing things where, uh, you know, it's not like parts or chapters, it's books. Mm -hmm. It's not that confusing. (laughs) I I think we all got it. Yeah, I guess. Well, I had to look up because the, the copy I have, you know, it just had like big pages that said one, two, and three, and then the chapter, the chapters would start Did you buy over. Some crappy bargain basement uh, ebook. No, version? I bought like, I bought like the most, co- you know, the the most up to date. It is a really cool cover. I don't have it uh, on my person. Do you have to a hard copy? You. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I've told you I that. You like, were a for- Kimble man. I am a Kimball man, but uh, but for books of podcasts, I like buying uh, a paperback version of the books. Well, and also like often we're we're reading you know classic books, so it's like a they're they're inexpensive. Um, I mean, sometimes these are in public domain, so they're in- incredibly expensive, but then they're also like things that you legitimately would be like, oh, I might want to read that again, or I might, you know, just want to have that. Never reread a book in my life. Really? Yeah. Not even the Bible? Uh, Tom, this might shock you. Have you ever read the Bible, Tom? No, I think like maybe as like a 12. Should we do the Bible on this show? (laughs) (laughs) No. I think maybe when I was like 12 or 13, like when you start to get an actual understanding of like religion, I was like, you know what? I should like actually just like sit down and read this whole thing. I maybe got like two pages in. I was like, this is so boring. It's the most boring thing. Look, I'm sorry (laughs) if you're into the Bible, but come on. (laughs) You got to admit it's pretty freaking boring. Yeah, to like sit down and read it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's very well organized in like Psalms and everything. What? I'll, I'll give them this. It's very well organized, but boring as shit. Well, I'm saying it's organized in like, hey, here's like a passage for you to read. But to like sit down and read the thing cover to cover, you know, it's it's not necessarily well, it's telling. Too long like, for that. Yeah, but even still, it's not really telling like a, you know, beginning, middle and end type story. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but about like all of creation, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Religious texts are not uh uh you know, uh page turners. Yeah. I know this is not like this is probably a musing that I should save for when we get high. But like, it's weird. That but like, like, what is God? No, it's it's weird that there's just this huge confounding book that like <laughs> that like so many people are like, nope, this is the thing that I'm basing my whole life on. And every time most people have tried to read it, they're just like, what is the, what is happening? I don't understand this. 
it's organized really well, but beyond that. Well, and it's like I can cherry pick some quotes here mm-hmm. that are, you know, very profound and that I can, you know, yeah. uh, use as guiding principles. But sitting down and reading it cover to cover, especially in one sitting, I don't think even a priest could do that. Eh, maybe a really like uh, f- a speed reader priest. Well, do, do you think the mic, or maybe if he uh, the <laughs> oh, micro read an audiobook version? Look, I know it's your dream that the micro machine man were a priest. You brought that no. up multiple times off no. air. I, I just, you're it's like, my I'm, dream that the micro like, man imagine, records Sunday an mass. audiobook version of the Bible. So that a priest Sunday can mass, listen to it in one five sitting. minutes long. You get up, you get the Eucharist, and you get the the sip of wine, and you're out of there. I mean, can you think of anything better? <laughs> no, I mean just not short, going to church. Short in the of first not place. going to church. <laughs> yeah, I told. Uh, no, I'm not going to get into this. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> what, anyway. What? No, I was just going to say that, like, I just remember years ago, uh, like, coming home for Christmas and my mom had, uh, my mom just gets, like, I think in the suburbs, they just hand out magnets to put on your car or, like, people put them on your car and you don't take them off. But she had a magnet that was, like, keep Christ in Christmas. What? It's like, what are you doing? Why do you have this? I was like, you haven't been to church in a decade. <laughs> What? And she's like, no, it's like a nice sentiment. I'm like, but it's, but you don't understand that that's, it's an attack on people like you. <laughs> like that's what it's, it's not meant as a nice sentiment. It's meant as like a, like, oh, all these heathens are keeping Christ out of Christmas. That's an attack on me, your son. Who uh, <laughs> thinks Christ is the, the lamest part of Christmas and getting new video games is the best Insane part of Christmas. That's the best part of Christmas. Yeah, and you I'll know tell what? You Frankly, what, this, this tell... magnet is disrespectful to Santa. I'll tell you what. You want to get me back into church? Get the Micro Machines man to be a priest. <laughs> he couldn't be a priest. He, he gets too much tail. <laughs> He'd never give that up. <laughs> no way. He'd get all the way through seminary school, <laughs> and at the very end, he'd be very quickly reci- reciting back the oath. He'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could find an interview with the Microsoft Machines man where he's bragging about how much uh, tail he gets. Yeah. He You'd seems like that kind of guy that understand. would just be like... Uh, he seems like that kind of guy who would get a lot of tail. No, he's just really arrogant. <laughs> All right. Look, what? I read he seems really arrogant. I, I he he was really Oh, arrogant. you have so many micro machines. You're you think you're so much better than me. No, about his about his In uh, fairness, he had a lot of micro machines. I don't think there were his. He didn't get to um, he, I bet he got to leave set with them. Michael Jackson's bad in twenty seconds. Wow, that's good because you know I hate that song, but we all have to listen to it. So the quicker you can get it over with, the better. Huh. Sorry, I'm looking at all the I'm bookmarking Micro Machines Man <laughs> videos to watch when we're done with this. All right. Well, let me start talking about the book I read uh, the, this week, uh, 1984 by George Orwell. Tim, did you read this book in school? Never read this book. Really? Was never assigned to me in school. And I always felt like eh, I got the gist of it. Yeah, I think I read it in... 11th grade okay but i distinctly remember yeah and i remember thinking like uh that that was a good age to read it at because like it's not a difficult book to read but you know it's it's tackling difficult not difficult topics but like big topics right big ideas um which like when you're six you, you know, when you're 16, you're listening to Rage Against the Machine. You're like, oh, okay, I can, I can, uh, 
understand what this is about. This is about the man. And I and mm. I've just recently learned that I hate the man. Look, say what you will about mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine. But uh come on. The the they're cool. They're cool as hell. No, that and those you know first what? two albums are phenomenal. I mean, are those their only albums? No, they no, like there's... put out another weird one, right? No, I think that the uh, all their albums they're they're good. They're all the same thing. They're, and you know what? I think we've come all, we've all come around on their politics. Oh yeah, absolutely. But when I'm just saying, when like, we were like 13 in the 90s, it was just like he screams fuck, but like also like you shouldn't say these things about America. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never thought that. I thought, uh, like, uh, look, maybe I misspoke. I've always liked Rage Against the Machine, but I'm saying like when you're 16 and you're being introduced to these ideas, right? Then reading a book like 1984, you're like. You know, because that's around the age where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Not everything's the way I've been told. Mm-hmm. Now I understand. Uh, but I distinctly remember like something coming up and not finishing this book and reading the Cliff's Notes or whatever for like the last few chapters so I could something pass the coming quiz. Up. I, I can only imagine what came up. Tim, I was class president, so I had a lot on my plate. Official a, lot cro- a lot coming across my desk. <laughs> um, all right, so the book starts off. We we meet our protagonist, Winston Smith, uh, who is uh, 39 years old and, like, complaining a lot, like me, about, uh, like, aches and pains. He has a, uh, a varicose ulcer above his ankle that yeah. he's always itching. And throbs. Um, so he, the our protagonist here is younger than you, but older than me. <laughs> yes, I guess he. Uh, for right now, uh, for the next few days, yes. Um, he lives in a victory mansion, which is you know, uh, like. Uh, well, I guess like I was gonna say government housing, but I guess like everything's government housing in in, in the world in nineteen eighty four. Um, but he is like part of the party. He's he's you know an an upper class person, even though his life is awful and shitty. He, he you know he's still got it better than a lot of other people. Right. Um, he lives in Airstrip One which used to be called England, uh, mm. which is part of a country called Oceana. Why are we even reading this book? They got everything wrong. 1984 came <laughs> and went, and none of this stuff happened. And we're just and like... you're not thinking about the multiverse. We're like, oh, George Orwell. Well, really great predictions. Uh, none of them came true. Well, we'll get it. A lot of these did come true, Tim. You turn on your telescreen every night, don't you? Mm, I guess I do. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, this uh, 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 big brother is watching you. He sees on a poster as he's like climbing up the stairs because the elevators are out because there's like frequent, uh, you know, electricity outages. And big brother is just this guy with a mustache and he's looking and he's watching you. And it's just this, you know, overbearing government, like the government's watching everything you do. Um, In his apartment, he has a thing called a telescreen, which is like a TV, but it's two way, just just like the TVs we have now, (laughs) where it has a camera and a microphone in it that can never actually be turned off. Also, like our TVs now, (laughs) Um so you're you're always being monitored. Um, and in the beginning, uh, he's writing in a diary. There's like a, a part of his apartment that's like just out of view of the te- of the telescreen. He had bought a diary in uh, the Proly district. Proly short for proletariat, okay. which are you know basically the underclass. It's the eighty five percent of the population. And, like, basically the government thinks of these people as, like, animals. Just, like, we don't really give a shit what 
uh, this portion of the population uh, does or cares about. They're they're dumb. uh, They're they're compliant. They're sheep. You know, we can just tell them how to think, and we we don't need to like expend resources making sure that they're keeping in the in the country line because like what can they do anyway right and that's the way you feel about service employees correct <laughs> it's not the way i feel i think service employees should be monitored at all times <laughs> they should they should put a telescreen in to make sure you know they're they're keeping up with uh whatever the company motto is mm. if they work for mcdonald's i want to know they're loving it 24 hours a day yeah, no, no, the employees aren't loving it. The the customers are loving it. Well, I want to be loving the fact that they're being monitored. Mm. Um, he goes, uh, he's thinking, <laughs> I, I forget how the chapter goes. So I kept like, I, I did not keep notes while I was reading. I went back and took notes. Okay. Uh, because I wanted to get more absorbed in the story. So I forget if this was, you know, what he was writing or this was what was happening, but he's, he's, uh, at work and, uh, you didn't have to make the, that distinct. You could have just said that. Like, yeah, you don't have to, well, you don't have to tell on yourself. Well, I'm Tom. sorry that I'm honest, Tim. Um, he's at work and they've got the two minute I don't mind hate you being honest. On. I just mind you being boring. He's at work, and they got the two-minute hate going on, which you would probably love, uh, where it's just two minutes where where the entire office gets together, and they just scream at a screen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what, you know, uh, uh, what we do all day. Tom, you and I do that every week. (laughs) Yeah, if I could only be mad at the screen for two minutes, that'd be great. I would take that in a heartbeat. (laughs) So they just like show, you know, the enemies of their people, um, uh, which I believe at this point is Eurasia. Uh, There's Oceania, Eurasia, and East Asia, three different countries, essentially. So they like show them and they show like this guy Goldstein who was like a traitor and they all just are supposed to like just scream at the screen and get so mad. And during this, he notices two people, this guy O'Brien, that he's like, this guy O'Brien, I think he thinks like me, like, you know, we, we caught each other's eye and we both seem like not that into this. I think we're both not that into this. And then uh, this uh, was described only as a dark haired girl who he simultaneously hates with a passion because this person like represents everything in the party that he hates where like they wear a sash around their hips that is uh, part of the I forget what it's called, but it's basically like a chastity thing, like the the anti um, sex league. Okay, it's not it's not sex. It's anti something league or the pro celibacy league. Okay, but but you can just say but, anything, Tom. Uh, I haven't read the book, so if you don't, well, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. But to what end? But he, you're so just making yourself look like a buffoon. He's so mad at this woman, but at the same time, he's also attracted to her, which is problematic to say the least. But uh, uh, chapter two, we're we're in, we're we're back at his place. This is one of those books with the, like a real long chapter one. Chapter two, he's in his place. <laughs> That's the kind of commentary I want to hear. <laughs> Oh, what are those books? (laughs) Not a real long chapter one, just long in comparison to the rest of the chapters. Great. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's setting a lot of stuff up, you know, setting up this whole world. Um, He gets like a knock at his door. I think he's in the middle of uh, like doodling in his diary. So he's kind of terrified. But it turns out it's just Mrs. Parsons, his uh, neighbor across the hall. She needs help with uh, her her drains clogged hmm. uh, and her husband's not around. So he comes in and he's like, yeah, I'll help you out. 
And, uh, oh, you would hate these apartments he lives in. The whole place smells of boiled cabbage. Ooh, yeah, I don't I mean, would, would you like that? I would hate that too, but I feel like you're more sensitive to smells like that. <laughs> um, so he like helps her out with the drain. And meanwhile, like she's got two little kids running around. These kids are part of the, uh, the like junior spy group. It's basically Hitler youth where it's like, oh, the government's just taking these kids and brainwashing them. And like the kids are just like little nightmares and uh, they're asking, like, oh, did you go uh, to the public hanging the other day? And he was like, well, no, I was busy. And it's like, uh, oh, you didn't want to go to the public hanging? What are you, too mm. good for a hanging? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the whole time he's just like, oh, these kids are definitely going to sell out their parents. <laughs> and their parents are just going to get fucking erased because, like, th- that's the way things are right now. It's extremely similar to like the stories you hear about North Korea, where it's just like you know loyalty the to the party above all else, above family. You know, there's no religion here. Where it's just like, nope. If you think you're, you know, if you're a 11 year old boy and you think your mom and dad might not be a hundred percent on board with everything that the government's doing. Let us know and we'll send them away and you'll be a, a you know, a, a kid hero for doing that. I think when I was a kid, I would have been real susceptible to that kind of thinking if that was like, I oh, think, yeah, you get I think mad the at government, your parents like, when you're a kid or me, me specifically, I think if they're just like turning people, I'd be like, all right, I'll <laughs> narc on people. I don't care. Well, yeah, not and, anymore now, Tom. Um, cool. You know, Cool. Well, and and you know the implication here the machine radicalized me. (laughs) The implication here is that you know when these kids are turning in their parents, like it doesn't really matter if the parents were guilty or not. You know, this is the time. You know, it's like a communist government where it's like, hey, if you tell us somebody did something bad, that's good enough for us. We'll execute them. Uh, just to keep everybody terrified of of the government. Um, so chapter that's what three, you did as class president. <laughs> yep, that's how I kept an iron fist, um, and that's why I didn't have time to deal with too many you know, things like reading this book. Yeah. <laughs> um, not necessarily executions, Tim. You just have to make people disappear so that people then wonder what happened to them, mm. and if they think the worst, and that keeps them in line. Well, so be it. Uh, chapter three, he he's uh, he's having dreams about his mom and his baby sister from like decades ago when he was a kid, mm-hmm. um, where he's imagining them like going down with a ship and he somehow feels responsible for it. But, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's in the haze of a dream. And then he also, and he feels very, very guilty about it. Uh, and then he dreams of the dark-haired girl um, running towards him in a field, ripping her clothes off. And he's like, hubba hubba, he likes it. It makes him feel uh, dirty, but in a good way. Hmm. He wakes up, it's the morning. Uh, the telescreen, you know, everybody has to wake up at the same time. And the telescreen's like, all right, everybody who's in the age group 30 to 40, which he's in, uh, it's time for morning exercise. And that means it's time for your physical jerks. That's what they call it. (laughs) And, uh, jerking off now. It's just like a lot of like stretches, but like mm-hmm. probably the kind of stretches that are bad, like jerking where it's like, all right, now very quickly stretch yeah, back, as far as you can. Back when this is written, I think they thought that was, uh, that was the best way to do things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's doing this, he's going through the motions, his, his mind's wandering and he's just thinking about how like, there's no history anymore. And like, he doesn't really know, you know, what's, what's happened in the past. 
Um, there were no records. He's like trying to, he's like thinking about his childhood and he's like, were things always like this? I can't really remember. And then all of a sudden the, the lady doing the physical jerks on the telescreen is like W Smith, you're not reaching your toes. So like she sees him Mm. and that's one of the things with these telescreens. They're always watching, but nobody really knows like, is somebody always watching or is it like sometimes, you know, are they auditing kind of like, you know, just checking in. But in this case, they were watching him. So he got real freaked out and he reached his toes, even though he couldn't sin <laughs> and I think really hurt himself. Um, the next chapter where we're with him at his office, he works for uh, the ministry of truth Um and he he's in a like a cubicle it's and like basically a freaking radiohead album but go on yeah um he, he's basically at a desk and there's like uh three different slots in in you know the the cubicle one where like paper comes out of and it's shit he has to correct quote unquote and then a slot to put the corrections in and then a memory hole to put like anything that just goes to the furnace to be burned, you know, destroyed. So he, his job is basically, he gets like, is this the um, origin of the term memory hole? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There. So there's a, uh, uh, we'll get into this in the next chapter, but there's a, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Appendix. At the end of the book, hmm. with uh, with all these terms, because uh, you know this, this is the origin of uh, terms like memory hole, uh, double speak, you know, a, a bunch of uh, other ones. I'm I'm forgetting right now, but a bunch. Um, so his computer. job is basic computer. Okay, computer. His job is basically, you know, uh, like a newspaper article or whatever will he'll get a note and it'll be like this newspaper article from last week that made predictions for like what our, you know, GDP this year uh, was incorrectly typed up. This is wrong. So it needs to be corrected. It needs to be corrected with this number, which just happens to be the right number that, you know, we predicted. So if they're like, oh, mm-hmm. this year we're going to produce, you know, 300,000 tons of corn, but then they only produce 100,000 pounds, the uh, tons of corn, there will be a note that says like, oh, somebody typed this up wrong. Please go back and fix it. We said there would only be a hundred thousand pounds, so they're erasing the past. Basically, right. um, he's uh, he goes to, like the uh, cafeteria, and uh, he's getting lunch with this guy uh, Sim. I guess his name is S Y M E. Okay. Um, Sim's job is he's working on the Newspeak dictionary and Newspeak are all these terms. And basically their goal is it's the 11th edition. His goal, their goal, all the people that work on this dictionary is to narrow language to the point where thought crime is impossible. Uh, thought crime's another term that, mm-hmm. that, you know, came out of this book. So this guy's explaining to him the example he gives is like, all right, a word like good. Why do we have so many synonyms for good when good is fine? And why do we have antonyms? Why do we need an opposite word? Why do we need bad when we could say ungood? And why do we need adjectives when we could say double good? And if that's not enough, you can say plus double good plus or, or double plus good, I, th- I think is the word like. And this way, one word good is is taking up. The, you, you don't need any other words for it. So that way, smart crime, system. it's well organized. <laughs> yeah. So that way you don't have to worry about thought crime because you don't know the words to express thought crime. All you know is the word good. There is no word bad. It's just good or ungood. 
Right. And uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, and he, he's pontificating about a bunch of this stuff and Winston's, you know, listening to him. And he's like, oh boy, this guy's going to get vaporized. <laughs> he's, he's like, this guy's like a hundred percent into the party line, but he's too smart. And like, he understands too much about why they're doing things the way they're doing. And even though he likes it, even though he's like into it it's not good. He's too smart and they don't want smart people. He's going to be vaporized, which, you know, is basically like, uh, people are just disappeared where it's like one day he's just going to be gone. And if I ask somebody like, Hey, where's Sim? They're going to be like, I don't know who you're talking about. Hmm. And I'm not going to be able to find any record of him ever existing because they're going to go back and fix all the records so that he just never existed. The, uh, another guy comes over, uh, Parsons, who's the, the husband of the wife who lives across the hall. And uh, he's he's like, hey, I need your uh, donation for hate week. Uh, we're all, you know, putting in we're, we're going to have the best apartment complex with the biggest flags for hate week when we all like hate. We all just get real mad at our enemies. Um and then he's like talking about his kids and he's like, my kids are great. He's like, guess what? They went on a hike the other week and they saw like a guy with weird shoes. So they followed him for miles and then they called the police on him. And like the police took that guy and they probably killed him, which is good because he was probably a spy. And again, this guy's like, your kids are going to fucking turn you in <laughs> and get you killed. But whatever. If you got um, murdered, if you got disappeared by the government for wearing weird shoes, I'd be in the clear, Tom. I wear normal shoes. Me too. I wear Nikes most days. Hmm. So I'm good. <laughs> um, both of them, both Parsons and Sim. Uh, also ask Winston, they're like, hey, you got any uh, razors? And he's like, no, I don't. But he does. He's lying. But he, he talks about how, you know, it's a communist government. And it's like something's always in short supply. And right now it's razors. You know, there they're just are no razors. You can't find them anywhere. Um, so everybody's looking for him and he's like, so, you know, I have two that I'm saving and I'm lying about them. Um, then he notices, guess who's happens to be sitting, you know, pretty close to him in the cafeteria. That lady that he hates. Yeah. The dark haired girl. Um, and he's like, oh my God, she's watching me. Fuck. Like people, People are on to me because this whole thing is like, you know, the the only privacy you have is in your head. However, you also like can't let your emotions or things you say or facial expressions ever betray you because like that's enough that like, you know, if if during the, the morning, you know, Pledge of Allegiance, your face looks weird you look like you're not into it. That's enough for them to send you to prison or disappear you for re-education. Right. Uh, he goes back to writing in his diary. He writes about his old wife. He was married. Um, and like it was, um, so the, the marriages are done solely for like procreation reasons. You know, the, the marriages are basically, uh, arranged by the government because the government doesn't want you to have any emotional attachments. Like they don't want you to love your wife or husband above the government. Cause that could right. be a threat. Um, and his old wife, uh, hated sex, hated having sex with him. And, you know, they were, they were trying to have a baby because that's what the government wants them to do, but they couldn't. And also he was like, every time, you know, he's like, she was, I could tell she was just like repulsed by me. And because we couldn't have a baby, uh, you know, we, we got, I don't know if they actually got divorced, but it's like accepted, uh, because by the government, because it's like, oh, you couldn't make a baby for whatever reason. Like, okay, good. Then don't be together. 
and he thinks about going to a uh, prostitute. He thinks about a time he went to a prostitute who was a proly. Um, and he just talks about how like, he's like, she was so old. She was 50 years old. And it's like, well, you're 39. That's not like so old. But I guess she was like a, a hard living 50 years old. Yeah. It's weird. Like in all these old books, they're all like, oh, and then the the, the guy went to a prostitute. It's just like, <laughs> these authors know all about going to prostitutes. Yeah. Well, in this, it's like such a, basically, Winston, it seems like, you know, he's, he's more or less celibate. Like there's no chance of like, you know, hooking up with somebody or dating or anything like that. So basically it's, it seems like every year or two he gets so horny, he can't stand it. And he goes to a prostitute and it's like the government kind of, you know, they know this happens and like, they don't really crack down on it, but sometimes they do crack down on it. So it's still like a dangerous thing to do. Um, and he's writing, he's writing later on in his novel, in his, uh, diary that, um, he's like, you know, I'm hoping that the proles will start a revolution because, you know, again, it's 85% of the population. He should stop mm. writing in his diary though. Well, it is very dangerous and he thinks about that a lot. And he also thinks he, he starts doing it thinking it will help him like, you know, a form of therapy, getting it out mm-hmm. on the page, but it doesn't really help him. It just kind of makes him more uh, upset, more upset about everything. But he, he's just thinking a lot about the proles in this chapter. And he's like, most of them don't understand they're oppressed. Um, and it's weird. I mean, this is one of those books where it's like... Uh, you know, the protagonist isn't necessarily a hero and not necessarily somebody that you're supposed to admire, I think. Because basically he's like, you know, I hate this life. This is bullshit. The uh, The lower class, it's on them. They should be doing something about this. And even though, like, I kind of side with the government. Like, you know, I, I, in all these ways, I'm like, this is bullshit. They're feeding us bullshit. It seems like he does kind of buy into the government line of like, these people are subhuman and they're just so stupid. Uh, and he gets mad at them for like being stupid. Like, don't they realize they're being subjugated? Shouldn't and it's like, well, you realize that, and you're not rising up. The mm-hmm. the same thing's happening with these people. Uh, but again, you know, he's he's not a hero. He's he's very fallible. Um, and the chapter ends with him reading a kid's book about uh, the the history of uh, you know the country or whatever. Um, and it's just full of lies. Hmm. In the past, there was some kind of an uprising, you know, against the, the upper class, you know, uh, a communist uprising. Right. But then at another point, like some of the leaders of that revolution were then, turned into enemies or told like these people are. So basically it sounds like there was a revolution. The, the heads of the group that started this revolution after the revolution then had infighting. And one of them, uh, big brother, you know, was, was the one who, you know, basically turned heel and was like, great. Everybody took down the, uh, you know, the ruling class. Great. Now I'm the ruling class. Now this I'm in freaking charge. Animal. George Orwell just ripped off Animal <laughs> Farm, his previous book. Well, he's, you know, the, these this guy's are... a one-trick uh, pony. Well, I mean, it's a, he's a two-trick pony. Why? Well, I guess it's a one-trick one trick pony that can do two... 
tricks that everybody liked. But it's one trick. Over and it's over not again. necessarily one trick. It's just, you know, something as a writer that he's obsessed with, that he's thinking a lot about. Hmm. What's the one thing as a writer that you're obsessed with thinking about? Teenagers? Because <laughs> your books are about teenagers mostly. Uh-huh. So I think it's it might be you're, you sit around obsessing about teenagers. Look, I'm not the one walking around afraid of teenagers. That's not true. I'm afraid of teenagers. <laughs> You're like, the teenagers are like the dark-haired girl for you. Yeah. <laughs> you hate them, but you love them. I'm, I'm, try, I'm writing books for teenagers in the hopes that somehow they'll accept me. And that I, when, when, they, when they rise up and uh, uh, kill all the olds, they'll be like, this old's all right. <laughs> He gets us. Do you do you want to live in a world where everybody your age has been killed and you just have to hang with teens all the time? Uh, yeah, because I wouldn't have to like buy them beer to be their friends. Because then in this reality, yeah. you know they they'd be in charge. They they wouldn't need anybody to buy them beer. Um, I didn't mean that George Orwell was a one trick pony. That was just a joke. Um, mm-hmm. he's a fascinating figure and I think we should, uh, yeah. we should get into him uh, a little bit. We more. should get him on the show. Can, can we get him on the show? We need a booking. Uh, I'll reach out to his people. All right, cool. Um, Tom, I gotta say so far, this is playing out exactly how I assumed this book was. I mean, this is one of those books that, so it is good. Like, you know, uh, it, it it is he's a very you know aside from like the big ideas he is a very good writer it's it's a very engaging read um but it is one of those books where you know it's so influential that when you're reading it you're reading all a bunch of stuff that to you know to the modern day mind it's like oh these are cliches and it's yeah. like well they're cliches because, because everybody copied yeah. him um, so it is a little tough to kind of, uh, put that aside. Like a lot of like, you know, a lot of Winston's inner monologue, you know, reminded me of like a Holden Caulfield type protagonist where, you know, like borderline, very whiny of just like, well, okay, but you could, you could maybe do something about this or you could at least try, but you're not. I mean, you know, I I know from reading this before, it does get into that, but uh, but yeah, it, you know, he's he's a tough protagonist to like in the beginning. I think you agree with what he's saying, but you don't necessarily agree with his actions, hmm. or, or you agree with what he's thinking, not with what he's saying, and you kind of get mad at him being like, or at least I do, of him being so like. Oh, everybody else sucks. It's like, well, everybody else might be sitting there thinking of that about you, pal. You ever think about that? Because you're not doing anything either. But again, he eventually does some stuff. Tom, with spoilers. We're not there yet. He poops in the punch bowl at, at a big party. I, ugh, if that happens, Tom, I'm going to be pissed because I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> he kind of winds stuff. up taking down the whole government. <laughs> it ends communism. Tommy, you know what I, uh, I've, I've noticed based on mm-hmm. the first uh, quarter of this book? Um, what with cancel culture and all, mm-hmm. it seems like our current uh, situation is virtually indistinguishable from George Orwell's <laughs> 1984. Yeah. I know you uh, uh, frequently talk about how upset you were that... Um, uh, what's who's the guy on uh on PBS? Elmo? No, the the guy the guy who got canceled on who PBS. Had the, who, who had the talk show where it was all black and there was just a table? Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. You frequently talk about how Charlie Rose was thrown down the memory hole. Yeah. I mean, look at the case in point. You didn't even. Yeah, I can't even remember him. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, Didn't and remember all, his for, name. And for what? For wearing a bathrobe? Come on, people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. That's it for this week on Books of Podcast. Uh, tune in next week for, I don't know, maybe, probably not part two. Maybe we'll get together next week. Yeah, but we could still do part Tom, stop trying to get out of Should we do part two? Should we do part two high? Ooh. Maybe we will. Well, tune in to see. Don't cancel your subscription. We should. No, you know what? We should. A bunch of people now are listening and they're like, oh, you can cancel these subscriptions? (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had to get it. I had to cancel my credit card to get rid of you guys. Look, uh, I trust our listeners not to bow to cancel culture and cancel (laughs) their subscriptions to us. Yeah, don't. Hey. That it, you're exactly right, Tim. That's what cancel culture is all about. And don't don't yeah. buy into the 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 pressure. Fight against cancel culture <laughs> and go up to the next level. <laughs> yes, that's, a, that's your... anti-cancel culture. Yeah, send a message to Hollywood and Washington. Yeah, the elite and um... airstrip one. And Big Brother himself. Hey. That's kind of, that's kind of why I'm at. Suck an egg, Big Brother. All right. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. We love you very much. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>